Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Think about that. That's about actually it. a good point. We got the OC. Yeah. Who could forget Eighth Notion, <laughs> Friday Night Lights, and now we just watched a couple episodes of Laguna Beach. God damn. It was so good to fuck. It was just good to get back in. You know, we took a week off, decompress, get ourselves right after, you know, we, we went deep. We went balls deep into Friday Night Lights, and it was good to come back um, refreshed. But, dude, you forget Laguna Beach. It started the whole thing with reality TV. It was one of the first. Teen, I don't know. Teen I, reality. I would say, yeah, thank you for specifying. Yeah, teen reality. There's a lot of reality before this, I think, with Real World and all that Survivor. Stuff. I would put Survivor and Real World but, as like yeah, that. This yeah, this is the first one that just followed actual teenagers around with a camera to see what's going on. Right, yeah. And it was, God, I mean... It's this is you have to remember this is pre social media this is pre Instagram pre probably pre smart so like we had no idea what other people's lives looked like yeah yeah it's two thousand six range so you just were not connected to like the whole world like you are now and so seeing these teens like to us you know a couple dudes in the Midwest seeing the West Coast kids yeah how they live <laughs> it was like fucking what. I told you while we were watching this, way more than the OC did, this brought me right back to sitting on the couch in high school with absolutely nothing going on and just kind of having this weird pit in my stomach like, oh shit, am I living like 10% of a life? Yeah. Like, what's going on? We'll, We'll get into it, but there were so many moments where just comparing my own high school experience and then with their experience, I was like, this feels so foreign to me like how they live like so yes there's things that are similar like them sitting on the couch doing nothing god that matches up pretty much with what we were doing but then there's so many other moments where it's like wow having a girl over for dinner on a tuesday night no parents no parents around uh never happened yeah never talking about actual drama going on in your life yeah no no so anyways let's uh let's get some housekeeping in we got some housekeeping points to get to. One, contact info. Give it to the vicarious kids. Vicarious Living Pod at gmail.com and Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram. So, on Instagram, we've got this swag that it's just dynamite swag and it's ready to be, it's ripe for the taking, kids. So, get at us on Instagram. Send us a text if you want some of said swag. It is fire swag. Yeah, if you like good t shirts. You should probably just go ahead and pull a trigger on this one. Dude, it, they're the most comfortable fucking shirts that have ever donned my nipples. <laughs> I've seen some comfortable ones on those nips. <laughs> Whitney actually just wore a shirt last night. She's loving it. Oh, dude, it's so comfortable. It's like the most comfortable fucking material I've ever worn. So, yeah. Appreciate that, intern Whitney. And plus... Rep. Repping. The bonus is when somebody's like, hey, I like that awesome shirt. Where did you get it? 
then you can tell them, oh, it's this podcast, and then you explain our podcast, and then you, you score some cool Spread points. the word. Yeah. yeah, you just start to look really cool to that person you're talking to because of what you're interested in. Yeah, Let, uh, another couple of housekeeping things before we just dive balls deep into the teens of Laguna Beach. A <laughs> couple other things that happened this week. One, the biggest news to our Instagram to date happened a few days ago. This is huge. This is fucking huge. This is like Tate Donovan huge. Except way bigger. Way bigger. And by bigger, I mean it's not as big. But it actually is because of the level of interaction. One Irene Marie from Irene Marie Modeling Agency in Miami, Florida reached out to us. She sure did. Oh God, did she reach out to us. Go to our Ethan Ocean Instagram post where uh, we have photoshopped our heads onto the teens' bodies once again. And Irene Marie, who I didn't even tag in the Instagram post, I literally just hashtagged Irene Marie. Seemingly she's just trolling through her hashtag posts. I guess she, yeah, she searches on her own, her own name hashtag. She's like, you know, she's probably like 60 years old, but she feels like she's 80. We compared her, no shots fired, we compared her to a pterodactyl when we did the 8th and Ocean podcast because she's had so much plastic surgery done. That is true. That said, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. She complimented our Photoshop skills on that podcast, or on that Instagram post, and it was probably the best feeling I've ever had in my life. I mean, I put up like, you know, my wedding, that's up there in the top five of like, you know, best days, but I mean, I might put this one notch above. What do you think? Okay, so rank these. Celtics championship. Celtics championship. Yeah. Wedding. Right. Tate Donovan, like mm-hmm. the first one, because we got a bunch after that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys obsessed with this, the Irene Marie post. So Celtics championship obviously won. Okay. It's about uh, that. Probably Irene Marie two. Okay. Tate three, wedding four. Okay. And again, no shots fired to my wife or Irene Marie. <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn, did that feel cool. I mean, that was our first real... I mean, Tate Donovan just liked our post, but this was an actual interaction, dude. She took the time. She took the fucking time. Yeah. I'm assuming she's still running that business, right? Who knows? She's literally... Let's owns, definitely not look it up. She owns... <laughs> yeah, I would hate to do that. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's, let's take another 30 seconds to walk through this real quick. She owns a pretty big modeling agency in Miami, one big enough to warrant its own reality show. Yeah. That takes a, a decent amount of time, like, you know, day-to-day operations, being the, the owner of that kind of a company. She took the time out of her day to not only... <laughs> She's 69 years old. <laughs> to not only find herself tagged on Instagram, but go ahead and reply back to us. So she's a former fashion model and founder of uh, modeling agency Irene Marie Models. She used to be a model herself. Dude, she's referred to as the Grand Dame of Modeling. What? Enough said. Wow. And when I say enough said, I also just want to say she serves as the modeling industry expert on CNN. Really? More enough said. Okay. There we go. So, yeah. She's big time. Anyways, crushing it. Um, we'll get her on the pod. 
We'll get her on the pod at some we'll get, point. We'll go ahead and scrub out that place where you caught her a pterodactyl, or maybe I did. Who knows? No shots fired once again. No shots fired. Um, okay. Laguna Beach. Perfect time for us to set the fucking mood in the stage with the intro song of Laguna Beach. Let's get ourselves right. Here it is. special place in this podcaster's heart i know it does i used to uh sing that song acapella and not acapella just regular version Mm -hmm. listening to it and there is i used to sing it word for word i knew it word for word in college um there's recordings of me uh singing that song i don't know if they're still out there but they are you did it on um I think you had a handheld recorder that I'm pretty sure... Did you have it for like a Spanish class or something? It was for a uh, sociology class where we had to record our conversation. Early podcasting. We had to record... (laughs) Early podcasting. We had to record conversations of just you hanging out with your friends, transcribe the entire thing, and then you had to write a paper about what you learned about like your interactions with other human beings. Interesting. And the biggest thing I learned from that is that I talk for 90% of any interaction I have with other human beings. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't. And uh, <laughs> it was a learning from the sociology class. <laughs> um, the other learning was that you could use that recording device for other things. And we found a recording on there of just you. I don't know if you were by yourself when you did this, but you just full on, full passion recorded a cappella coming clean by Hillary Duff into this recording. Is device. this made up? This is not made up. I wouldn't do that by myself. I'm sure I did it with friends. I wasn't there when you made the recording. Yeah, but I'm I was sure there I have done that when we myself. played it back. And it was the the best thing I've ever heard in my life because it wasn't just just the fact Damn, that I wish was, I could find that. Me too. And play it on the It was <laughs> it wasn't just the fact that it was only your voice singing like full earnesty. It was the like the shittiness of the recording itself because it was just made for like taking notes and stuff like that. Yeah. It was epic. I am only 13% sure that this actually happened because I have no recollection. I'm 100% sure that that recording did at some point exist. I'm also 100% sure that your level of earnesty was at 100 <laughs> and your level of passion was at 100. Well, I, I tell you what, the passion's always there, but the earnesty, I don't know. Um, okay. Let's get into the characters before we do shout out. Special shout out this week before we dive into the characters. You know, a top fan of ours, Maggie. Maggie H. Formerly Maggie P. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Reached out, gave us the highest compliment that exists in this world. She said, didn't watch Friday Night Lights, have gone back, 
watching Friday Night Lights now. I sync up your pod with the actual episodes. Watch a couple. Do the pod. Watch a couple. She's highest compliment. She's doing it right. She's doing it right. We love it. That's all we look for. It's all we look for out of the kids. Thank you, Maggie P slash Maggie H. Okay, character breakdown. Really fucking excited about this. Let's start first and foremost with our number one guy, Steven. Mm-hmm. Let's start with yeah. Steven because, dude, this guy is. The ladies run the show. Elsie's the narrator and all that stuff. Would we say he's like the, the male lead? He's it like yeah, LC? he's definitely the lead, the male lead okay. for sure. The whole show is built around whatever the fuck he's doing, what party he's at. Like the whole show, I feel like the the city of Laguna Beach is completely centered around what Stephen Collette is doing that night. <laughs> like, but okay, so Stephen, hot as fuck, hot as fuck, fair. Yeah, no, he's extremely good looking. We're gonna bring intern Whitney in a little bit because we're gonna have a little debate on how. St- hot steven is and she may have some differing viewpoints but for this podcaster sitting here in this podcast studio steven collette hot as fuck hot af perfect hair his hair is great perfect hair he's tan as shit works at the surf shop we've been there mm-hmm. yeah to that surf shop so we've been he to, wasn't there when we went he, he wasn't there when we we've been to laguna beach a couple times pat and i've been there a couple times i think together I've been there like five times because honestly, even now, still to this day, whenever I travel to LA for work, you know, doing big Hollywood business stuff and stuff, deals, deals, um, I make sure to drive an hour to Laguna Beach and smart. just very smart check it out. <laughs> so I've been to, soak it in a little bit. I've been to Steven's surf shop, the Laguna Beach local surf shop, at least four or five times. He's never been there. Did you have you ever bought anything there? No, I'm always too scared to buy something because I don't know anything about surfing or gear. You just buy like a hoodie or something? Yeah, I'm always just afraid of looking bad in front of like where Steven worked people. Yeah. So like I don't want to... probably tell him. Yeah, they'd probably tell him and I don't want to buy something and then they're like, dude, bro, you don't even understand what you're buying. Like, do you surf, bro? Or like you try to like check out and pay for something and they're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. We don't... This isn't for sale. Yeah, you idiot. Get out of here. and you don't wear a helmet when you surf, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, I've been there a lot. Okay, Steven. He's the cru- He's the guy. Uh, you nailed it with the hair. I mean, that's it's perfect. Like, you know, other than his I don't give a shit attitude. So, okay. So he gives a he shit. He kind of has, so he does give a shit, actually. What you'll find out is he does give probably too much of a shit. Yeah. He, on the surface, he's got chill, but really, right underneath that surface. He's no, a pussy. No chill for Steven. Yeah, he's the. I feel like that's the kind of character that they were going for with Saracen in Friday Night Lights. He's got a, like kind of an oh shucks personality. Yeah, I, I could see say. that. Yeah, I could see that. But he's just so physically attractive that he can. He doesn't have to have that sweet of a dynamic personality. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would have made Saracen a little hotter. To be completely honest, but then you start to get into a weird thing where it's like. Can you call him the underdog if he's truly like the hottest guy? So probably not. I wish 
yes, as always, I wish, you know, Saracen was a little better looking, like a Steven, you know, so hot right now, but at the end of the day, it's like, whatever. Um, Elsie, she's the main character, she's the main character, she's the narrator of the show. Dude, great eyes. Fuck. Her eyes just, like, pull you in. I I can't, it's like a tractor beam, you know? You just get locked in and it's hard to look away. I would say she is like the moral compass of the of, show. Of the show, um, I think she is just a nice person. She's a good comes, person. Comes across. I can't remember one person in the whole Elsie Kristen debate who was on the Kristen side. Elsie is the protagonist. Yes. Kristen, who we will now talk about, is the antagonist. Yes, I would say that is true. I want to spend a little time on Kristen. Uh, fair to say, Smoke Show? Um, let me think about it for a second. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah She's yeah, yeah. unreal. <laughs> she is, the first scene is her just laying out at the pool, dude. And her body is a fucking 13 out of 10. Um, it's, no, it's I'm insane. with you and we talked about this I think during the show what she's probably a junior in high school yeah so, so it's a little creepy that we're talking about as 31 year olds however we're grandfathered in yeah because we're the exact same age and we saw the show when we were her age she's actually a year older than us so we're totally in the clear she's 32 right now we're 31 cool not creepy at all cool but I will say, just going back and looking at her on this show, like her body is completely flawless, and it's it's tough to watch. Tough. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> All right, quick hitters. Now we're getting into small characters because really the only people that matter, yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I forgot. They live. All the ancillary characters don't matter at all. It's nothing. What's Steven doing? Where is he at? What is Kristen doing? Where is Elsie? Yeah. That's essentially That's it. And uh, so there's all these smaller ones. You have like Christina. No one cares. They just, they call her the preacher's daughter. Again, no one gives a fuck. Lo, That's Elsie's best friend. A favorite of the ladies. Lo Bosworth. Really? Yes. She's still followed heavily on Instagram. How many followers has she got? It's only one. Give me a follower account right now. <laughs> Lo Bosworth. I feel like... Lou Bosworth, officially fucking verified on Instagram, 890,000 followers. That's not bad. That's not bad for the last time you were on TV was 2006. That is not bad. What's she doing? Like, what's her gig? Founder of Love Wellness, which is... Who cares? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Doing something with love. Cool. Yeah. I feel like... Are we going to go ahead and say, of the cast... Of characters in the show, did 95% of them start their own business? Probably, dude. There's a bunch of go-getters in this fucking ancillary crew that... So, we're going to talk about them. Dieter, Steven's little bitch friend. The description of Dieter just says, Steven's quote-unquote wingman. Yikes. Yikes. Now we'll talk about Talon, who had the best intro of all time. Compare this to Dieter's... I mean, so... Let's just for, let's play a clip actually of how Talon is introduced. Here it is. That guy on the surfboard, that's Talon. He's a junior and he's hooked up with most of the girls at our school. Twice. Yeah, I, I was laughing when we were watching this because I was just picturing being Talon 
and like you filmed this reality show throughout your whole senior year or whatever and they're finally going to air it on MTV and you're like, oh shit, should I have done that? How is this going to look? Am I going to look like an idiot on TV? They play the intro and you're just like, okay. Wow. I'm fine. Sweet. I'm on board. I'm set for life. (laughs) We we good. I'm the guy hooking up with everyone and that's what they're calling me? That is how they pigeonhole me in the show? Fuck yes. All right. So yeah, then you have the then you have like Dieter who's just labeled Steven's wingman, and it's like yeah, that's the uh, fuck. That, that's the opposite of what you want. D- yeah, like hey, little bitch, and then totally awesome badass crushing it. And keep in mind that came out when Talon was a junior, so now he just goes into senior year with he's the guy who just crushes it with ladies. Damn, to the world. Oh my god. Okay, Trey. Last guy we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get into the meat of this shit. Trey is going to be my most hated character. I can already tell, and going back now and watching this in your 30s and watching Trey act like the way he acts is a 17. Yeah. It it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me a little nervous in the stomach to watch. He's such a fake it till you make it wannabe fucking businessman at 17. Like, what'd you say? He's he's always trying to like make deals, but there's no deals to be made. You're <laughs> you're 17 and a half years old, you little bitch. There's no deals to be made. He's always got at least one popped collar, usually two popped collars and a weird hat. And a weird hat that's always cocked. I remember this about 2006 i never did this but hat cocked a little to the side seems so uncomfortable hats are built to be worn straight or back you know so they protect your eyes from the sun or if you're getting a little active you flip it backwards so you didn't mean it's not in your way right you're riding a bike or something you know active make a decision trey make a decision but the the cock to the side now you just have like the side of the hat that's not built to like hit the side of your head it's super uncomfortable yeah. I would think. I would think. So Trey's a little bitch. We fucking hate him. He's always trying to be making deals for this nonprofit organization he works for, Active Young America. Lame. And he's... Should we save him till when we get to that scene? Yeah, let's save, yeah, let's save him. Save so him a little bit. We fucking hate him. He sucks. Um, Going back to that intro song, Hillary Duff. Intern Whitney had a quote. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff matched up with her social status. <laughs> I love that quote by you. You said she. The thing about Hillary Duff is she's right smack dab in the middle, which is like perfect. I feel like she was talking about Lizzie McGuire. Right. Good. Good caveat there. Do you have any thoughts on Hillary Duff? You want to share? She has no thoughts on Hillary Duff, but let's just say this: the intern Whitney, Lizzie McGuire, really resonated with her. And that was the only thing I wanted to... We'll bring... Are you going to come in, though, to talk about Steven? Because we need that. Oh, God. I guess. You want to get into that now? No. Okay, we'll do it later. Okay, we'll get... Yeah, we'll get into it naturally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think I have that answer, Trey. Wait till Jason's in the 90s. Well... That's a tease. That's a tease for next episode. (laughs) What the, uh, the Stephen? Well, what just? I thought you had some good points though about Stephen like looking like a little bitch and like looking like a girl and stuff. Come on, just come in. We'll do it now, real quick. This is at most thirty seconds. At most, it's thirty seconds. Kids, no means no. <laughs> 
kids, kids, this is a lesson for the kids. When you feel like you're getting a no, right, double down, <laughs> double down, double down, down and eventually turn that no into a yes. Hello, Whitney. I'm not here in my own free will. Well, um, also, we've gotten a lot of feedback that intern Whitney is a fan favorite, and we haven't had her on in a while. You know, we've been doing a lot of pods at our other podcast studio. That's true. I feel like Whitney needs to earn her t-shirt. Uh-huh. Mm, good point. Yeah. So, let's have the debate Stephen-Jason debate. Okay. It's healthy, and I think it's good dialogue. I, I myself am a Stephen girl, but Jason Waller, who doesn't come in until season two, you like him a little more, and the just to kick it off, you thought he was a little more manly than Stephen, correct? Yeah, I want to preface this with I watched maybe two of these mm-hmm. when it was actually on TV. Right. So my memories of Jason were slim to none, but... Did you remember the chin strap? Right. No, apparently not. Because I blocked that out. But I did remember a certain masculinity or an essence about him that uh, Steven just didn't So have. Steven, you think, is a little more feminine? Steven's definitely effeminate, if you really look at it. And yeah, it just wasn't my type. What are your thoughts on chin straps on dudes? Because I look at those pictures of uh, Jason and I see a chin strap followed up with a soul patch and nothing else. And I just, it disgusts me to my core. A a chin strap is so white trashy. And also, like, you see, I have a full beard. If I were to shave it here, you would still see the stubble on my cheeks. So for someone to shave a chin strap in to where you constantly are seeing stubble, to me, it's a horrible, white, trashy look. Yeah. You have to just lean into whatever hair you grow on your face, I feel like, as a dude. No, I am I am not a fan of the chin strap. I do want to get that out there. I don't understand it. I forgot that Jason had one. However, I will say if the listeners take a look now mm. at... I think I saw Jason's potential. That was probably your strongest point. To grow into what he is He's now, a which is a beautiful man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He is clean shaven now. Um, he also had a bout with uh, sobriety issues. <laughs> and uh, he's well, there we gone go. to a couple rehab clinics. Interesting fun fact makes about... Makes even hotter. Yeah. Interesting fun fact about him. I had to stop following him him on Instagram. <laughs> you ever followed him on Instagram in the first place? We're a, we're a teen drama podcast, so obviously oh, I did God. follow him. Um, unfollowed, though. He's one of those guys that if he doesn't post every single day, he then posts a video of himself saying, Sorry, guys. I didn't post yesterday. Um, I really wanted to unplug. And I feel like today in society, people are just so glued to their technologies and their social media technologies. And I just really needed to unplug and get back to like what's important in life, which is family and friends and all that stuff. He posted that video after he didn't post for one fucking day. Yeah. Now imagine you're dating that guy and he has a chin strap. I never. I mean, compared to Pat? I mean, I obviously chose better. But I will say I'm not. It, it does make it does make sense that you're leaning way towards the like the more the macho masculine yeah. guy. It's probably why you like me so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it adds up. Yep. No, that does. While um, we got you here, what are your thoughts, LC versus Kristen? LC <laughs> Kristen. So once again, did not really watch this show. Just watched the episode with you guys. Yeah. 
I will say who came out on top later on. I know Kristen's got a show and whatnot. Elsie has a Kohl's line. Um, several other lifestyle brands going on. I, I don't know. I think everyone, when I was growing up in the popular crowd, which I was not in, because I was you were in the middle. Bar, I was listening to <laughs> the They all seem to be big LC fans. Uh, everyone loved to hate Kristen. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, she was the villain, and everyone did hate her. And like we said, Elsie is so wholesome. But yeah, it's interesting point now. Elsie, I think, is like a billionaire. Yeah. And with her fashion line and everything like that. Kristen, though. She's doing all right. Jay Cutler. She's with Jay Cutler. Three kids in Nashville. Yeah, I think she's done pretty well. But if, yeah, if you well, had to, if you had to say who's above, I think just based on the fact that Elsie's so much richer. And she's probably with a super cool fucking dude. Well, and would Kristen Cavallari be a household name if she hadn't married Jay Cutler? Like, would she still be relevant? She got that Jay Cutler bump. I don't know. She got the Jay Cutler bump for sure. I, I do know that she was always around, like, on the hills. That was Elsie's oh, show on yeah. the hills. But they eventually, when Elsie left, they went right to Kristen and made it her show. Yeah. So she, I think people would still know... Like, no one really knows Steven that much anymore. He had yeah. a stint on One Tree Hill. He dated Hayden Panettiere. I googled that. Yeah, he did. But, like, Elsie and Kristen, I feel like people still knew them. But, yeah, she hadn't gone... She does this thing, Uncommon James. She has this this store in Nashville called Uncommon James. It's a it's a jewelry store Kristen does, but not at the Elsie level. Yeah. Not at the Elsie level. Elsie's kind of, I would say... Self-made. She's turned herself into a mogul. Yeah. Yeah. A titan of she's, industry. She's a yeah. Kardashian of sorts. Yep. She's famous for not really doing anything. I'm gonna look this, it up. And then now she's turned. She parlayed that into something. Right. Lauren Conrad. What do you? What would you guys guess is her Instagram followers? Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, let's do I this. Let's give her Instagram followers versus Kristen Cavallari's Instagram followers and, and have that decided. Decide okay. Guess. What do you think? I'm thinking LC is at 2.4 mil. And what's, what's Kristen at? I'm thinking Kristen is at 1.7 mil verified. So you're correct on in terms of who's leading, except it's double, almost double. Wow. LC, 6.1 million. Damn. Kristen, 3.6. So my ratios were right. Yeah. So, Elsie oh, definitely yeah. a little more ahead. Also, looked it up. Elsie net worth of $25 million. Okay. And okay. Then, That's aggressive. Let's see. Kristen. Cavalier. By the way, while you're looking that up, Kristen, we had another good, healthy conversation <laughs> about uh, Kristen now. She is so overly skinny, overtly skinny, that like it's aged her so many years. She's 32, but she looks like she's 40 because she looks like she doesn't eat anything. Like, yeah. she's so Hollywood skinny looking. Yeah. I, when you said she was 32, I was shocked. The interesting fact, back to the net worth. Yeah. 3.5 million. It's, it specifies. What? It goes as far to say on her own, Cavallari managed to rack up a net worth of 3.5 million. However... If you combine it with Jay Cutler, fifty-three point five million. So yeah, yeah. So, He's an NFL. Well, I'm just so. saying that's where I'm saying 
I think you got to give it to LC on the making it on her own. She yeah. did it on her own. Yeah. Yep. All right, we're an officially an LC podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Good stuff my by work you. Here done. All right. Do you yeah, have your do you tra- <laughs> trap over? <laughs> trap is over unless you want to stay and have any other hot tidbits. Uh, I like to just show up, do my bit. Moonlight in, bounce. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Stroll on. That's out. why you're a fan favorite. <laughs> All right, kids, let's Thanks, get back Whitney. into the show. Thanks, Whitney. We really appreciate your hot takes. Okay, we talked about Kristen in the pool smoke show. By the way, interesting little thing is. The ringtones. Did you notice this? On their flip phone. They just had like regular telephone ringtones. Same ringtones as the OC. Really? Dee dee dee. Or dee dee dee. Something like that. Do you think they just piped them in? Yeah. I think those are dubbed in in post. Um, I was thinking though, there's a couple lines that came out of the show that were mentioned in like the first scene when they're planning the, the first episode. So we're going to, by the way, we didn't mention, we're going to do the first two Laguna Beach episodes on this podcast. First one's titled uh, Black and White Affair. And then I think the second one's something about Bonfire. The Black and White Affair, when they're planning this Black and White Affair, they give the uh, the, the line that I think is this show is built on, which is, Stephen going to be there? <laughs> Drama. <laughs> Do you know where? Uh, do you know where that's from? I don't know if it's from. Uh, that oh, it's like I, I love the nineties. Yeah, it was from I love the nineties. I love the two thousands. They were talking about this show, and I forget what comedian. It was a uh, female comedian who I'm not going to be able to remember her name, but she basically summed up the entire show by going, "Oh yeah, is that the show where every Ste- episode. every episode is this? Is Steven there? Drama." <laughs> <laughs> Is Steven going to be there? Dude, how Which amazing would that be perfect. if you're fucking Steven and you realize that every single night or any party or anything that's planned in the city of Laguna Beach, people are factoring if you're going to be there or not. And then saying, like, if you're going to be there, drama. Like, like damn, that'd be such comes. a nice little tip in your cap. By the way, that party planning scene was so weird. It ends up, we'll get to the party in a second, but like they're making an official guest list for this high school party and like determining yeah. who's on and who's not. It's just odd. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember high school parties going like that. I remember it just being like, you talk to some people, figure out who's having people over, they tell someone else, and it's just like a, a game of quote unquote telephone where people are saying, oh, this guy's having people over. His parents are out of town. Let's yeah. go there tonight, yeah. obviously. And like it, the guest list, the extent of a guest list would be like if word gets out that it's going to be too big and whoever's having it doesn't want it to be that big, then another word will go out of like, uh, eh. He's nervous about his parents finding out it's too big or the neighbors too calling big, the cops. And they, there might be like a fake canceling of the party, but mm-hmm. the people in the inner circle might still know about the party and go. But that like the, always... the outer circles will will be told the party's canceled. There was always a fine line in high school because it was like you, you wanted a decent amount of people to be there, but you didn't want it to cross that line of where the neighbors are definitely going to fucking call the cops. Yeah, that and used people to from like four high schools are there. and it's <laughs> Yeah, it's like, okay, once you get into different like kids from other high schools finding out that your parents are out of town, now we've had now we have a problem. So 
Yeah, I forgot about that though. You were always telling that line of like cops in my car. But definitely, Let's go. I definitely can remember hearing that a party was be was being canceled, and whoever I was with, like we ended up just like staying at their place and just hanging out, playing video games. But knowing the party was still very much on, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't make the cut. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, I got canceled. Yeah, we didn't make shame. the cut. Fuck, it's a shame. Um. While they're pl- after they plan that party, after they've shown uh, Kristen looking hot as fuck in the pool, another thing that never happened to us in high school is just hanging out with a girl that's a friend one on one. No, it's foreign to us. <laughs> so foreign. Stephen goes over to Elsie's house because uh, her dad's building this new house that looked to be somewhere in the ballpark of seven million dollars. Six. Seven. It might be a little low. Yeah. $10 million. Ridiculous I mean, mansion just hanging off the side of a cliff. They're airlifting palm trees into the backyard pool. That's really when you know you've made it in life is when a crane is at your house airlifting a fucking palm tree into your backyard. Would yeah. it be called airlifting? I guess. No. I think maybe airlifting would be an actual like a helicopter plane, putting it in. But for this context, I'm going to say airlifting and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm right. That crane is fucking airlifting a palm tree (laughs) into the ground. That's when you know you've made it. Um, This is a perfect time, though, for us to play our song. Firefighting. And it's called 100 Years, if you remember it. Yes. It happens when... Steven is just at Elsie's house looking at this, you know, giving a, getting a tour of the house that's, you know, in progress of being built. And when this song is playing, I was legitimately thinking it would be impossible for a viewer to watch these two just hang out in any capacity and not assume they're in love with each other when this song is playing. This song is so fucking good. That was actually my ringtone on my old flip phone for like a solid two and a half years. <laughs> 15, there's still time for you. Time to buy and time to lose. 15, I love this song. Five for Fighting Day, crushing it. So, this song happened to me like at a point in life where if anything went wrong, any anything with a girl or any sort of like bad event that led to like mild depression this song was fucking played you just cue it up cue it up this song for me is one of those like perfect songs where i don't really i couldn't tell you what many of the lyrics are but the vibe of the song is perfect and can fit in almost any context another song similar to this is the song glycerine you know Uh, that song yeah yeah where it's like i don't know what that song is about you might want to play it right here okay This song could be literally about anything, but it just it just makes you feel a certain kind of way. Um, so like you listen to you could listen to that uh, what is it called a thousand years a hundred years uh, you could listen to a, <laughs> you could listen to a hundred years like in a like a victorious happy moment or yeah. a super sad moment and yeah. the vibe is still the exact same and the vibe is right whereas glycerine you could be super pissed off about something or you could just be, you could be in love, 
It, it's one of those songs that like makes you whatever the intended like if you have a TV show whatever they want you to feel like these two are in love you will feel that when you listen to that song if they want you to feel that this person's depressed you will feel that when you hear that song yeah you could have it on a first date where the people realize that they're liking each other or you could have it like during a breakup where they're both like alone and sad oh yeah it's just it's just one of those songs and it's perfect for the type of moments that we love in these shows where I don't know if they do it here a lot but definitely in USC well they edited they edited this where they're like same songs playing woven between multiple scenes that's our bread and butter that that is our bread and butter. That's our favorite moment in shows. Our second favorite moment in shows are those looks, those fucking looks. And there's a lot of looks in this show, but it's edited to to where you're not sure if the, like when Elsie's looking at Stephen from across the room, you're not sure if she's actually doing that or if they just like splice that you in. Have no idea. You have no idea, and so. I know they're doing it because that's a staple. That that look, that fucking moment where you're going, is it on right now, is a staple of teen dramas. But you just never know, like in this show, was it edited that way? Basically, this show could be summed up by like different looks. Like a classic look would be if I'm, if I'm in the editing bay and I just have thousands of hours of footage of following these high school kids around. <laughs> I'm looking for a shot. Right here, I got a cup right here. Imagine this is like a red solo cup at a party. And it's like kind of held up by my face. And I'm like looking down at it. Uh, and imagine I'm LC. Q, eyes flip up. Yeah. Q, 100 years. Right as the eyes flip up. And then, and then camera cuts. And then Steven is over here looking. And he looks at the camera. And then it's like, you're to assume that they were making smoldering eye contact when you have no idea. She could have been looking at anything. That's the move. That's how the show, this show I is just literally, I got a super excited when you were, I know this is an audio medium, but when you were just doing that right there. Flipping my eyes at you? Yeah. A little movement in my pants, one. And two, you painted that picture so clearly. I felt like I was watching that scene with that... Like, you're drinking out of a cup, and then, like, in slow motion, you just see the eyes look up from the cup, and then they pan over to the guy, and you're yeah. going, she's definitely fucking looking at Steven yeah. and wants to have sex with him so and bad. And you can go the other way, too. Eyes up at the cup. Like, got the cup up. Eyes are looking up at something. Look. And then the camera pans to what you're looking at, and it's... Steven and Kristen like getting a little too cuddly. Oh god! And then yeah. and then the Getting opposite chills. move where eyes flip down into the beer. Dude, I think you hundred years. there's still time for you. <laughs> Damn it, dude! I feel like I missed my calling in life as a real a teen drama reality TV editor. Yeah, you did. I would have spent. I mean, you've seen how many... I'm not going to say that you wasted your entire life, but you did. I did. So you My whole life is wasted. No, it's true. It's a true statement. I've wasted my whole fucking life. I mean, you've seen how much time... I mean, hours. The hours on a weekly basis I spend on our Instagram editing. Imagine if I was spending that time on, like, editing a look that Elsie just made because someone farted in the corner of the room and turning that look with the music and the lighting and everything into she's longing to have sex with Steven. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I feel like you definitely missed an opportunity to combine your love of teen drama and your outrageously obsessive personality. 
in some way. Dude, in my next life, I'm coming back as a reality TV editor. You know, people say like, oh, I want to come back as like a dolphin or I want to come back as like a dragon in Game of Thrones, the one that doesn't die. But like for me, anything that flies, essentially people usually point to like, I want to come back as something that's flying. I would come back as a reality TV editor in Hollywood, in Los Angeles, making $34,000 a year. It'd be awesome. All right, good. That's good stuff. Should we go to, let's get off of the black and white affair in episode two. Episode two, some with a bonfire, no one cares. Uh, I gotta say, dude, we were talking about this with Kristen. How pissed she is all the time. Always. Always is so hot. I agree. Like, goddamn, is she always mad and it is so attractive. It would probably get old after like, Maybe three days in real life, but yeah. on TV it plays so well. I mean, but it's one of those things in life that it would get old, but that doesn't mean you're not going to stay even more obsessed with her. But like if you're with her, like if you're Steven trying to date her, you'd constantly be miserable. Because you would, she, but, but... Because she's miserable. But you, if someone is that hot, you, it's always a challenge and you gravitate towards that misery. No one wants to be with something that's easy. You always want that challenge. You gravitate towards it. So if a girl is always pissed, it's you're always like gravitating towards that. Like, how do I turn that? How do I... My biggest win is getting her to not be pissed. <laughs> For one fleeting moment. The, uh, the scene that made us start thinking about this is he takes her on like a surfing date. Clearly, Steven's biggest passion in life at this point is surfing. He works at a surf store. Right. That's probably what he does with all of his free time. Right. Um, so he takes Kristen, his girlfriend, on a date to go surf. He's going to like teach her how to surf. And they're going to have a fun time in the ocean. Sounds like an awesome date, right? Again, like, foreign to us, but yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> foreign so. to us on so many levels. <laughs> like, no way to surf here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Also, no action in high school with the ladies. Zero. Okay. Um, so anyways... You're like, you're like, oh my god, what a good idea. How fun would this be? He's like teaching her how to like pop up on the board, kind of like that scene from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, and yes, let's actually... Where we actually take our sign-off from. God, that is a good tidbit by you. I didn't even realize that. So, let's put that clip in, because Steven has a very different approach to teaching someone how to surf than the guy in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Paul Rudd. Here's how he teaches. Okay, when we're out there, I want you to ignore your instincts. I'm going to be your instincts. Kunu will be your instincts. Don't do anything. Don't try to surf. Don't do it. The less you do, the more you do. Let's see it pop up. Pop it up. That's not it at all. Do less. Get down. Try less. Do it again. Pop up. Nope. Too slow. Do less. Pop up. Pop up. Too, you're doing too much. Do less. Pop down. Pop up now. Stop. Get down. Get down there. Remember, don't do anything. Nothing. Pop up. Well, you no, you got to do more than that because you're just laying. You, right, it looks like you're boogie boarding. Just do it. Feel it. Pop up. Yeah, that wasn't quite it, but we're gonna figure it out out there. Let's go surfing. Come on. Everybody's learning how. Come on. Uh, the weather outside is weather. Very interesting fun fact by you. That is where our sign off comes from. 
where we tell the kids do less. Uh, it did come from forgetting Sarah the Marshall. <laughs> originally comes from Paul Rudd. Um, but yeah, it was it was just awesome in that scene because she clearly at a certain point they go out there and I don't know if it's that she thinks she's bad at it or she just doesn't like the act of surfing or doesn't like being in the ocean. I think but it was she was bad at it, so she, she just had a sour She just attitude. immediately starts pouting on the beach, and he's just like, well, what's what's wrong? Like, and she's like, oh, oh, nothing. She's like, well, do you don't like it? And she's like, oh, it's fine. And she's like, okay, day ruined. What are we, where to next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it ruins Stephen's day. But, I, dude, Stephen has a great line, though, where he just says, uh, If we go again, you have to promise me that you actually like, want to do it. Just, just don't like, waste our time. Sorry for wasting your time, soon. You're wasting my time. It seemed like you're wasting your time. Okay, whatever. Well, then I don't like it. You want to go? No, it's not really that you wasted my time. It's more that you're just kind of wasting your time. You know? Yeah. It's like, damn, Steven. Damn, he fucking got her. Fuck. I mean, these two have such a fucking awesome back and forth of arguing all the time so i will say and we can get into steven later but i just want to quickly point out because i wanted this to set our conversations about him as we go through this because i'm curious if you agree <clears throat> i feel like steven has this combination of being dumb as shit yeah but also interesting yeah because he's hot He's well. He's hot, so that definitely helps it. <laughs> that makes him interesting. And he doesn't have to comb his hair, and it still always looks awesome, dude. It's but always I think got... he's. I think he's mostly interesting because he's always down to at any given moment, no matter no matter what he's doing, have like a confrontational style conversation. Yeah. Which especially Kristen Cavalieri enjoys. Yes, he will, dude. So it's not like it's like you're meeting up with Stephen <clears throat> for dinner, and he's not going like. Hey, yeah, so how was your day? Oh, no, I did this. I had this for homework. He's more in the realm of, like, so I noticed that you were kind of acting shitty towards me the other day at that party. Mm. She's like, wait, what? Why would you say that? And he's like, I don't know. I just thought. Dude, he's he's like, he's always down. Yeah, he's always down to throw logs onto that fire. One thing I've noticed about Kristen is, like, you do not, she will ignite without anything. She doesn't need lighter fluid. She's. She is a powder keg ready to fucking blow at any moment. And that's probably why they're dating is because Steven is always willing to just like, oh, a little kerosene? <laughs> yeah. He loves it. Pour a little kerosene on there. <laughs> like where it's, you're just like, don't do that, dude. She is going to fucking explode, <laughs> dude. Don't do that. I agree with your point. It's a good point. He's in the mix. He's always willing to get in the mix. Yeah, he likes and mix mixing it up. up. So that's what we were talking about at the very beginning. Like he seems like a chill guy. Like that's his vibe. I'm a chill surfer guy. However, he will turn a casual dinner conversation down a road that he knows ends with, "Oh yeah, Elsie likes me. I don't like her. She no. likes me. I can't. I can't." expect her to behave differently around me because she likes me so yeah like he knew where that conversation was going but he took it there right kids we didn't talk about this that scene pat's referring to is uh they go to dinner and and uh Kristen's like confronting steven because she's like so so and so said they saw you driving away from lauren's house at like 9 15 at night you didn't tell me that you were with her last night he's like what what what? This is, <laughs> what? This is dumb Steven 
needing to buy some time to get out of this. What are you saying? (laughs) Oh, no, dude. What? (laughs) And, but yeah, he then just goes like, yeah, I mean, maybe I was with her. Like, maybe not. It definitely wasn't a 9.15. Maybe like 7.30. (laughs) And Chris is just like, yeah, okay. So you were with her, you dumb fuck? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not... 9.30? Are you serious? It was... Yeah, I was with her. Maybe like 7.15. Yeah, 7.16 or so, but definitely not 9.30. Your friend is fucking mistaken. Wow. Wow. Kristen, your friend... Wow, we're dating? ...really needs to get her watch fixed. Yeah, your friend needs to fuck right off. She's way off on the actual time. So By the way, check her foot while we're on the topic, not enough said about the fact that he's Steven, right? I clearly, don't know what you mean by that, but right. Clearly, um, yeah. you and I, I don't, do you know any Stevens? I know a bunch of Steves. Oh. whole bunch of Steves. Right. So I feel like... Nice move on his part, not being a Steve. Digging into the PH. Yeah, because nobody, like, I feel like Steven has way more cachet than, like, I don't think Kristen's going to be, like, obsessing over and gossiping with her girlfriends about a Steve. No. But Steven, that's got a lot more, like, weight to it. Steve's getting no pussy, but a Steven? Yeah. Yeah. You drop that V-E and you pick up a P-H-O-N, yeah. Your pussy levels are way different. That's a given. Everyone knows that. Yeah. It's why I would literally, I would never, I would never go by like, you know, I'm Brian. There's nowhere to go with that. But if like I was a Rob, I'd always be crushing as like a Robert. A Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if I'm Ed, I'm saying it's Edward. You know? Joe. It's Joseph. No, don't call me Joe. It's Joseph. I, uh, I'm a Patrick. I introduce myself as Patrick. Yeah, you should. Nobody calls me that because it's too much work. Yeah. But I just, I always introduce myself because I don't want to pigeonhole myself in for life as a Pat. So I give people the option. If if you were Patrick, you'd be making at least 30 grand more a year. Probably. That's science. Probably. So, shame on you. (laughs) I changed my email signature at work. (laughs) Is it just Pat? Give, no, me, actually, give I, me your personal work email out. <laughs> actually, no, no, I think about it. Uh, I'm Patrick at work. Okay. So Still you've maxed for out. all that cash. <laughs> you've maxed out. That, no, you've maxed out. Yeah. So if you were a Pat at work, you'd be making 30 grand less than you're making now. So you've maxed. Um, elongate your names, kids. Elongate your names, kids. Yeah. Essentially, point of all that is Kristen has the worst fucking attitude of all time, and it's so hot. She has the worst attitude, though. Mm-hmm. She never wants to be where she is. That right. was, I would say, our awesome. biggest fucking learning of these entire first two episodes of Laguna Beach is, kids, if you want to be hotter, never want to be where you actually are. Right. Kristen is always pissed and trying to be somewhere else whenever she is somewhere. If you go to a party, on the way to that party, you got to tell whoever you're with, Okay, I only want to be here for 10 minutes. And, and then, then you go. Yeah. And, and then you act like that while you're at the party. Yeah, but then you stay for like a couple hours, but the whole time you bitch about how you only wanted to be there 10 minutes and you want to be at Sam's party. <laughs> you want to be at Sam's. I think that gets actually brought up three separate times in these two episodes. Different characters saying, can we only go to X place and stay for 10 minutes? 
So I think these yeah. these kids just they just they they're never happy with where no. they are. <laughs> they're like Kristen. But is, I think that is a real high school thing. Yeah, you're you're always like assuming the next place is going to be way better. Yes. And it never is. It's always the same, or it's usually just a lateral move. But yeah. Dude, Kristen is the master of just never being satisfied with where she is. She always wants to be somewhere else. The grass is always greener at Sam's house. But I'll tell you this, kids. The grass is not greener at Sam's house. No, it's not. It's very much the same it's shape. the same color grass. Yeah. Okay. Perfect time for us to get into the MCITW of the week. It's come a little later this week because, goddamn, did we have a lot of explosive content to get into. But this week, it's pretty simple for me. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give it to some fucking mainstay like an LC or a Kristen. I'm not going to give it to, like, a Stephen Collette. Is that his last name, by the way? Is it Coletti? I have no idea. Who cares? Doesn't matter. His name is Stephen Only. I'll tell you who it is going to go to, though. And it's going to go to the fucking side character who has gotten no love on this podcast, and that is Morgan. Morgan gets the MCITW of the week. No one knows who that is. Perfect. That's exactly how we like it. Morgan gets it. That is the MCITW of the week. The Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at WicklowWear.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get our swag. Get our shit. VL at checkout. 10% off of your order. Goes to fucking Morgan this week. Um, Morgan, we find out, has only applied to one college. That's a mistake. You need a safety school. That was classic, you stupid idiot. Morgan applies to just BYU. So we were thinking... Kind of a random choice. Mormon? I'm thinking. So maybe she's Mormon and that's what she kept talking about. Like, she's got to get out of this small town. She's got to get out of this Laguna bubble. She's got to quit the party scene, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but... Not much partying happened in Brigham Young. Not much at all, but uh, Morgan, you're a fucking dumbass. Uh... Applies to one school, and let's play this clip of what she, the uh, she gets her letter of the decision letter on the school, and she's all excited. She takes her friend Christina to the beach to open the letter together in front of the cameras, mm-hmm. in front of the world. Mm-hmm. Let's open the letter and see if I got into the one fucking college I applied to, BYU. Here it is. This is my only choice school. It's the only school I applied to. Like, if I don't get in, then I'm still gonna go up there. I'm still gonna be a part of the scene because I'm not staying here. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm getting out of the bubble. Okay, open it. Okay, ready? Let's <laughs> do it. Okay. Dear Morgan, thank you for selecting Brigham Young University for your undergraduate education. Your application has been carefully and thoughtfully reviewed. Because of the high number of competitive students applying BYU, we regret to inform you that we are unable to offer your admissions. Oh. What am I supposed to do now? Watching the rejection come over her like a wave. I loved it. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome to see. So, I'm I'm not even going to give her that much shit about only applying to one school. You should. It's fucking dumb. Because there's still time. She, I mean, she could probably, she could make another move at this point. Community college? 
I don't know. Really, the bad move is getting this college letter, having all your hopes and dreams ride on it, <laughs> and then seeing that it's just a small envelope, and then calling in the producers and the camera crew and your friend to shoot a scene on the beach of you opening it. Yeah. Mistake. Horrible. When you get accepted to a school, it's a packet. It's like we a- know that from the movie Orange County, which it does not get enough love. But that is <laughs> from <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. Jack Black and uh, Colin Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks' son. That's from that movie. Shout out. You don't get accepted into a school with a small standard size envelope. That's a rejection letter. Uh, no, Morgan's a fucking idiot. She's an idiot. She's so dumb. And just seeing probably it, why that, she didn't get into school. You know just. It's like, we regret to inform... She says it with all excitement. Uh, we regret to inform you your application has been denied. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, with that, Morgan, be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklowware. Okay. Cool. Um, so, the last thing I just want to get into is they end with the bonfire. Um, we always find out from the Corolla podcast that bonfires now in 2019 in California, they suck. Like... You can't, there's no dogs allowed on the beach in California, no bonfires, no drinking, you're no, not allowed. No smoking. No smoking. You can't do anything on a beach anymore. Any cool beach stuff. But back in 06, no bonfires on the beach just seem so awesome. Like, fuck. You get a couple of your friends, it's like, hey, it's Friday night, but nothing's going on. Should we just grab our crew of 10 friends and just like go to the like, just get bonfire on the beach. If I lived anywhere near the beach, that's all I would do in high school. Yeah. Bonfire on the beach. Dude. Done. You're, again, any interaction where a girl is forced to hang out with you is ideal. In a non-rapey way, obviously. Non-creepily. You're at a bonfire. There's nowhere to really go. And it's a great setup for, like, a casual situation. I feel like we would have thrived at that. Probably so. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, dude. We should have fucking moved to California and just hung at bonfires. We probably would have had so much more success with ladies in high school. That's a given. Bonfire, though. I just put definition of nowhere to be. That's that's right back into our wheelhouse of high school. Classic. Nowhere to be. Yeah, the, the juxtaposition between the first episode's party event and the second episode's party event was so much different. The first one was a black and white party, like... They had that weird yeah, guest formal. list where this like ultra exclusive guest list and it just ended up being seven to ten people in really good outfits in a hotel room having zero fun. The bonfire is just a, kind of a, like a relaxed, anybody can come hang out and it looked really fun. I Dude, was jealous. This is, that's a perfect differential of like my worst nightmare versus my ideal situation. That black, black and white affair everyone's got to wear the dudes got to wear fucking suits the girls got to wear steven wore a navy blue suit to the black and white party yeah didn't points off shit. points off he didn't give a shit i'm giving him points well yeah but points give on yeah good point yeah no points off points on for steven i will say all uh, the girls were some classic steven <laughs> dude by the way at that black and white affair do you think the producers told Kristen to wear white because every single girl there wore black. There was some funny business happening. There was definitely some funny business happening, I would say. It was just interesting because you would think, like, if the producers are going to make a move on that, they would say, everyone wear white. 
and the antagonist, Kristen, you wear black. That's what you would think. They but, flipped it on us. Yeah, let's. I don't know if that was intentional, but what I will say is intentional is that Kristen wore the only shade of color. That is white. <laughs> Kristen wore the she only wore the only color that is an absence of color. No, that's that's black. Yes, white is the, all colors coming together. Oh, okay. black is the absence of everything. White is. But all... you quit acting like you know shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, you don't know shit about colors. Okay, bonfire though. There's one last point I want to get to on the bonfire, then we'll wrap it up. The role of Sam. He's not introduced in person, but he's introduced over... Uh, he's the guy that Kristen keeps texting and calling when things are not going great with Steve and her boyfriend. To throw back to a metaphor we use, we use in episodes past, shark in the water? He's circling. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to have this conversation because this guy runs rampant in fucking life and especially with an attractive girl i'm assuming this stops when you're married like it's kind of more off limits certainly hope so i would hope there's not dudes circling constantly like you know on your wife and stuff but definitely when you're coming up in the high school and college ranks there's always a guy who is just waiting he's just waiting in the wings for that fucking final shoot to drop, just like, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to put myself in position. I, I just will... know that if that guy fucks up, I'm next in line. Yes. I'm just going to sit it's here. It's slightly different than the wedge. It's, it is. It's more passive. Yes. Let's actually drill into that because I was a wedge guy. I wedged. I've wedged in life. Not above it. There is a difference, though, of waiting in the wings guy it's a little creepier. Yeah. It's more sinister. Yes. When you... Actually, wet... I take that back. The wedge guy is a little more sinister, I think. But I feel like the wedge guy is more open about it. It's like, yes, I want to be with this girl, but I'm not going to cross any lines because clearly she's dating someone. But here's the thing. The waiting in the wings guy... He will hook he... up with her even if she's still dating that guy. Right, but she could she could barely be on his radar. Like, he could have a bunch of other irons in the fire... You know, waiting Irons in the fire. Yeah, that's like just kind of like floating around, living his life. He just knows that he's the waiting in the wings guy for this. Per, you know, it's less respectful. I because to your point, you're spot on. I'm sure he's got multiple Kristens of right. multiple Kristen irons in the fire. He's got here's Kristen on this side. I text her a little bit. Kristen one. Kristen Chris, one. Kristen C. Kristen Chris, L. Kristen L. Kristen B. Michelle W. Like, I'm sure he's got irons out there, and his mode is, I don't really care. I'm just trying to hook up. So, like, I'm literally just waiting for any of these irons to heat up. And if any of these girls get into a fight with their boyfriend or whatever, and they call someone because they're pissed, I will try and hook up. I'll pick up that phone call. I'll pick up that phone call, I'll drive over to their house, and I'll pull my pants down and try and get a BJ. That's the waiting in the wings guy. Whereas I feel like the wedge guy is like, I have this one girl. I have my sights on this one fucking girl and I'm going to fucking wedge my way in and I'm going to make myself look, I'm going to get this girl more into me than she is into her boyfriend. Do you think, now go with me on this, do you think there's a hybrid between the two 
Well, I'm gonna go ahead and call him the, the wedge octopus. <laughs> he's got like eight different tentacles with wedges on him, and he's wedging multiple. So he's the he's like the waiting in the wings guy and the wedge guy. So he's running multiple. Wedges. Dude, but but if you're you a think wedge one octopus, man can have that much energy? If you're a wedge octopus, that just means you're a waiting in the wings guy because you can't dive fully into one one hundred percent. The the octopus guy is just literally waiting for any shoe to drop. Can we call the waiting in the wings guy the octopus? Yeah. Cool. I'm less fine. respectful. I'm fine. That's less that. respectful. I I have respect for the wedge guy who goes, I'm into this one. Because he's girl. faithful to his one wedge. Yes. You're saying like the He's the, committed the and wedge he, octopus is cheating on all of his other wedges. I'm saying the wedge octopus is the scum of the fucking earth. He's a bottom feeder and he's literally just a horny, creepy dude who will fuck anything with a pulse. Whereas the wedge guy is like, based on circumstance, I met this girl and she's perfect for me, but it just so happens that she unfortunately is dating someone else. And I got to kill that man and And wear his skin. Yes. I need to kill that guy, wedge in, steal his girl, and eventually marry her one day. Versus the wedge octopus who's like, I don't care about any of that. I want that girl to suck my dick. I also want one of these other seven tentacle wedge girls to suck my dick. So boyfriends beware. I'm getting BJs. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I think that's good. Um, Yeah, that made made a ton of sense. I feel like we were making lots of lucid points right there. Yeah. Good job by us. Yeah, great job by us. I think we were very clear on that. Uh, MVP of the week. Who gets the MVP for our first Laguna Beach episode? Tempted to give it to Steven. Because, obviously... You give it to him every week. I could if I wanted to. <laughs> but I'm sliding it to Talon. Wow. Yeah. That is outside of the box. <laughs> Talon got next to no screen time. He was on the episode... We watched two episodes. He's in the intro and he's in one scene. And it was some of the most high-efficiency work I've ever seen in my life. His PER was strong. Too quite strong. You remember his intro. We played the intro on the podcast, actually. The only other scene he has, and I don't know if you want to play this line just because it's classic, is him talking to Kristen Cavalieri, the hottest girl on the show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just them outside like a store. And clearly, Hold on, let me play it. It's kind of funny. You guys like have a relationship. It's like on and off because it's you hook up with him, he hooks up with Lauren, you hook up with him, he hooks up with Lauren. I kind of come in on the side, kind of like <laughs> grab one of you every once yeah. in a while. You know what I mean? Gosh. Okay, go ahead. Now, Talon... <laughs> Talon's a wedge octopus. Yes. So he's just an octopus. He's just he's out there, you know, trolling the depths, waiting for someone to stray from their, their boyfriend. I don't And respect. when that happens, he's there. And his, basically, his only line to her in the entire two episodes that we see is he's just basically... I think he's saying... He's like, Steven, you guys are always fighting over Steven or whatever. And then I'm just waiting there and like eventually grab one of you every once in a while. Yeah. I'll hook up with you. And I'll yeah, hook he's up like, yeah, sometimes he's like, that, that was his big beef. He's like, you know, sometimes I hook up with you. Sometimes I hook up with Elsie. Sometimes I hook up with, you know, any other random chicks. But I mean, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the girls. I need a new girl. <laughs> he's like, his only problem is that he's run through all the girls in her high school and he needs like, he needs more. He needs more action, but he does. He doesn't come off like a huge douche about it. He's kind of joking about it, so yeah, he doesn't come off that bad. But yes, I would actually say that guy Sam, who's never really on, he comes in and we'll hit in, into him uh, in our next uh, podcast because he gets a little screen time, and we actually 
We'll see a wedge octopus really coming in. Okay. Maybe maybe Talon but, is that hybrid you're talking about. He could be. I, maybe because I, in this he comes off like Steven obviously gets with the hot girls in the show. But he puts so much work in. Yeah. And they ruin his night half the time. Yeah. And he's like constantly all like in his head and confused and like bummed out about it. Whereas Talon is just kind of floating around. He don't care. He's got no fucks. He's got no fucks. He gives no fucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, Talon, I it's hard to tell TBD on my feelings about Talon. All I know is I hate the fuck out of Trey. Trey, I hate I thought him. you were going to give him the Marissa Cooper Award. Trey, no, I wanted to just give it to Morgan. Morgan was too dumb on that college thing to not give it to her, but I will say, Trey, strong consideration. Um, I was just thinking, though, during your MVP uh, discussion that would we call LC a non-successful wedge attacker? Like, Like LC's running the wedge. I'd say, let's keep her her eye on this, because LC's a wedger. She is. Because Steven is clearly dating Kristen. Yes. They're clearly dating. But it's also very clear that Elsie is in love with Steven. Yeah. It, she hooked and up she, with him once, and she is massively in love with him. Yeah, she's actively running the wedge. Yes. Which I... See, I kind of respect it, because it's like, I'm into Steven. I am in love with Steven, and I am going to yeah, so try this, and break that This up. actually is a great example that proves your point, because... Elsie is still, she comes off as a really good person in this show. Yeah, she's like, I love this guy. But Fuck. she's running the wedge, and it's just, she she's trying to get to Steven, and unfortunately, Kristen's in the way, so she has to wedge that in. However, if she was a wedge octopus, and just, she was just out there lurking, waiting, waiting for any, like any uh, girl's boyfriend to to uh, to leave him, no then respect. she would, then no respect. No respect. Okay, so I'm kind of with you on this point. Yeah. If, if she's like sitting there like, hey, Dieter! Hey, Dieter! Bring your party ramp over here, you little bitch! <laughs> yeah, I'll hook up with you. Are you down? Uh, or like, Trey, you down? Like, then no respect. Like, if she... But, yeah. So, she's pulling a wedge. We're cool with it. We're rooting for her. We're rooting for that wedge. Just like I bet how everyone was rooting for me over fucking God. Who is that guy, Wedge? Let's throw his name out there. What's his fuck? Richard. Remember him? No shots fired. No shots fired. But Richard, you're the guy I wedged. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Richard was definitely a little bitch. Alright, kids. Kids, I'll do it. Um, kids... It's simple. You sleep tight, kids. You have a good night's sleep. We appreciate all the love and support, especially from the fucking kids. Kids, you sleep tight. Pat, tell them what they need to do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less. Kids and Trey. Do wear less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.